0: Hey brother! Hello, brooder. Welcome to season seven, episode eight of Matchwits. That is Chris, and I am Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother, Chris. We're never going to break, uh, break nope.
1: away from that ever. I never said we should. I just liked pointing it out because now it's a thing. Now, now you have like a, a verbal tick about the the cadence of your opening. So that's all. Yeah,
0: and it, it's like the it's like the Simpsons couch thing. I'm trying to change it up every time. Sure. All right, now we have awkward silence because i to take off my shirt. <laughs> hey,
1: what? <laughs> what kind of podcast is this happening in
0: dude? No, sorry.
1: Why, why are you taking right. off that, your that shirt? That
0: for some entertaining audio there. Mm. Um, now it's hot in my office, so I've worn a flannel shirt because that's what you do when you live in Seattle. And, uh... I'm ready to go. All right. So if you're new to Match Wits, this is kind of how it goes. Um, <laughs> it's a nostalgia-infused. Uh, that would be me. Uh, pop culture, that would be Chris. Podcasts, we talk about all sorts of stuff, movies, music, and pop culture. As part of these podcasts, we do what is sometimes called the Dim Wit Challenge which is basically I just owe Chris money because Chris doesn't bet on anything <laughs> he really doesn't know, which I, I, you know, I'll give him credit for that. So the last one, this was two episodes ago, I believe. This is when Maya was on, uh, the Villainth podcast, which was uh, we talked about the Laugh Olympics, and Chris won a dollar there. So he's up to, he's up $6 on me, which mm, means yeah. he's been right six more times than I have been. Only on the
1: podcast, though, this is, doesn't count in real life. Of course not, because you're never wrong in real life.
0: Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to the Villains podcast, so we had some audio, I think, issues when we first published it, but uh, Chris, you're saying that you think it's fixed now?
1: Yep. I listened to it when I mowed the lawn the other day, and it was all, it was fixed. It was a good discussion. I tend to repeat myself. I've noticed that, like, when I when I start giving a point, and then, like, you'll interject with something, I'll go back, and I just repeat what I was talking about before so I can get my train of thought back on, and it's just, <laughs> now that I, now that I identified it, now it's just going to annoy me the same way that your cadence does at the beginning. <laughs> or just a general sound of my voice.
0: All right, so uh, for for this one, before we get too far into the the topic, so um, and the way this works for you new listeners out there is, I typically Chris and I will text uh, text text text. <laughs> this will be great uh, mid mid week on the topic we're going to do. I will typically just send him like uh, last week we have like game shows and we did game shows, but. This week, Chris is like, I want to give you an assignment. I want you to go watch a movie, then we'll discuss it on the
1: podcast. So
0: that's what we did. So we'll get into that um, here in a second. Uh, and Chris also has a, a Die Hard theory you want to go through?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a Benny and I, my, my crazy friend Benny, and we've been workshopping ideas to like help fill in plot holes of movies. Like, there's podcasts that do legitimate arguments about plot holes, but we like to take it a step further and create a crazy story to go along with it. That makes sense. So there's a diehard one that I want to workshop a little bit and get it out into the ether before someone steals it. So,
0: okay, well, so we'll get that into a sec in a second. And, um, before we jump into that, so Maya, who was on episode six, that would be my daughter, Chris's niece turned 15 or turned 15 today. Um, pretty big, pretty big birthday. Um, But one of the things, and she's not going to hear this podcast so we can talk about it um, because we're not going to publish it until after she gets her presents. but uh, one of the things she really wanted for her birthday was an antique typewriter. Nice. So I don't know if you've looked at antique typewriters Mm -hmm. recently. Not recently,
1: but I've looked – they're crazy the expensive. Like <laughs> crazy expensive.
0: 20 years ago, you would have to pay somebody to take a typewriter because yeah. they were so big, heavy and nobody wanted them. Now for like a working Royal from the whatever from the 30s or 40s, like a real legitimate antique typewriter that worked, $300, $200. Holy crap. Yeah, crazy. So, but she wanted one. We go there's a there's a cool antique store down um on the waterfront here in Seattle kind of near Pike's Market that we go to and they have a whole section and they're all like 200 bucks. So, being cheap like I am, but also want to be, you know, I'm always searching for a deal. Got a, got on the old Craigslist, found one not too far from here. Um didn't know if it was working whatever. Just, this guy was cleaning out his dad's house, so went and picked one up for for uh the guy was asking 40. I uh negotiated 30. <laughs> For a 1934 Royal typewriter, sweet, that didn't work. Doesn't work. Yeah, and you know how handy I am. Mm-hmm. Right? About as so- handy as I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's genetic. Um, so, but I'm like, come on, we have the internet. I'm going to clean this thing up, and it can't be super hard because these things are, uh, although complex, they're just mechanical. Like these yeah. things are pretty. Well, I wouldn't say bulletproof, but they're pretty. They're analog. You know, yeah, they're they're pieces of metal that move. Anyways. So I'm cleaning this thing up this morning, uh, early, getting ready for Maya, and I just I find that this – so this particular one's a royal typewriter from like nineteen thirty four. So that was real easy to find. Then I Google the problem I'm having, and not only do I find somebody who has a solution, there's a YouTube video on how to fix, fix the exact problem this typewriter was having. Nice. Yeah, so the, in the five minutes of the Yeah, yeah. So but I mean, it's a typewriter. Like, there's people out there to like restore these typewriters. I guess that's because you can get 300 bucks for them. Exactly. Um, they found the exact model. The guy was like, "Hey, these things wear down. You need to take this off. This is where it gets caught." I did it. Like, literally, I'm not the I'm the least handy person I know, <sighs> and I fixed it. Working typewriter typed my message, and she's going to get a a typewriter for her. Uh, for her birthday, that cost me thirty bucks.
1: Maybe you just found a new niche market there, Steve. Just start mm. buying old, buying old mm. forty dollar, no. and then flipping them. That's two hundred and sixty dollar profit you can make. And it took you what an hour? It did. To fix it? It,
0: yeah, I don't want to. Uh, that's no, no, that's not necessarily where I want to invest <laughs> my time.
1: But it was
0: cool, and it's like you know, it. I don't know. There's something about analog. Like I just mm-hmm. think we forget. You know, I like vinyl. You know. Yeah but i've got a more modern record player but you know i just like the i, I like the sound mhm a vinyl
1: yeah. i like the the tones i like what it i like what produces i like analog stuff mhm the the scratching and popping of records is still it it's soothing to me i don't perfectly know if it's perfectly yeah.
0: imperfect yeah yeah
1: i don't know if i have that ASMR or whatever that is the one where you like you you have a positive reaction to sounds but something about a typewriter is that falls into that clack 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 that I absolutely adore. So I had tried, I had farted with the idea of writing screenplays using an old typewriter, but no. It's too hard. Like it's just it's too hard to format screenplays without having it already preset into like a software program. It's just too yeah, hard. Yeah, that would yeah. And when I asked her when I asked her why do you want
0: a Antique typewriter. She's like, "Well, just it, it send like, will well, make you guys little notes and stuff like that." I was like, "Oh, that's cool," because hmm. you would never type anything longer than like three sentences on a typewriter, like because li- it's it's a huge pain in the ass. Like yes, it is. I was typing something. And I was like, "Oh, I went to the next line. Now I'm never going to get the spacing right." And then <laughs> you know, it's like, "Oh, you make a mistake." And in this typewriter, there's no one. Right? Because a one and the L in, what is it, Helvetica or whatever is the same. Yep. So there's no one key. So I'm like, how the hell do you do an exclamation point? Because there's no
1: exclamation point on this typewriter. Because you can't shift one. The, yeah, do you have to do an L and then go back with a period? I
0: believe it? that's what you do, But oh, but the L goes all the way to the. The bottom, like I don't think you can do, like you can't be angry in in the olden days, like or you can't emphasize what you're saying.
1: No, everything's just monotone. Everything's just all lowercase Helvetica font. It's kind (laughs) of cool though. So, anyways, um, cool. Yeah, do you like?
0: All right, this would be a legitimate dollar bet because I don't know the answer either. Who invented the typewriter?
1: Ugh. I actually, well, I used to know it. Because I was a media studies major, Steve. So we had to... Every form of media, we went back and found... You had to research the origins and how it developed and stuff. So I have no clue whatsoever.
0: Yeah, no one's going to get this.
1: Yeah, like how are we going to do a dollar bet with neither of
0: us? Christopher Latham Scholes. Sure.
1: Yeah, is that right? I don't know. That sounds kind of right. According to the internet... Yes. And the, inter- the internet's never wrong. And, well, Britannica.com. Okay. That's fair enough. It's not, source, not Wikipedia, where you can basically change it to whatever 18, you want. Yeah, 1867. Okay. That sounds about right. Anyways.
0: All right. So, mine's getting a typewriter. Pretty cool. But this thing weighs. It's got to weigh 40, so heavy. 45 pounds. Because yes. it is made out of, like, solid
1: steel. Like, steel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but do will have it. Safe. For the rest of her life because that thing's not gonna like it's just probably gonna have the same issues that you fixed and then she can fix it again and give it to her kids so that's why I mean that's why you spend that kind of money on those type of things like figure Steve what nineteen thirty four it's already eighty five years old eighty whatever it is uh, is that my math yeah eighty five years old so like it's already almost a century old and probably can get another century out of it so
0: it's pretty cool yeah so it wasn't planning on talking about this, but I'm going to go over there right now. So 1934, that's five years after the Depression, also five years after the current season of uh, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> so I only watched – have you watched any of season five yet? No. Like I Did said, you see, like that show? Did you
1: watch it at all? I watched the first three seasons, but oh, – okay. And then I just – there's just so much out there that I I want to watch, and it's, it's still on my Netflix queue. I just – I haven't – So they pick on. up season five – when the like right
0: around was it black friday like when the when when the stock market collapses in 1929 okay and they had a bunch of money invested in the stock market so it's cool that they're like they're picking it up there and 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 doing it but that, i mean that's when the typewriter was made like five years after
1: that so hmm. anyway well that's what i i steve that's the show that there's a background character named tommy marlowe on that show and when we did oh, right. when you and when you and I were going through our ancestry going through all that stuff like I traced as far back as I could and I'm pretty sure some of our relatives are from right outside of Birmingham which is where that takes place like the shear smiths that that side of the family came from Birmingham England so there's did a good really point. yeah there's a good possibility that that's that Tommy Marlowe could be a descendant of the Wit clan mm yeah, because when I. When, when well, I now I need to c- dig into that. Connected to you, I connected to Uncle Bill, who had done a lot of legwork on it, and then mm-hmm. I traced the Shearsmith family line all the way back, and the, I think it got to like the 1600s, and the census records or whatever at that point in time that you could find the Shearsmiths were right outside of Birmingham, England. Hmm. And I need to go back
0: there. to my ancestry account. I haven't messed with it for a while. I pay like the hundred bucks a year for it or whatever. Well, whatever. Did, you,
1: did you? You haven't done the twenty three and Me or any of those? Yeah, yeah. You know, those are all they made. They make them up, right? No, there's, it's not. They, they did so. Like one of those consumer report watchdog places did it and did their dog. They sent in the saliva of their dog, and it turned out like the dog apparently was from European ancestry and had like a small pizza, and then they. They got in touch with whoever it was. I don't know if it was 23 or me. And they're like, yeah, you realize that you did it for, like, three different dogs. And they're like, no way, that's blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, it's all all a lie. And then they own your DNA. Look in the fine print. Like, they own it. Like, they can sell it to, say, there's some kind of cold case and they found DNA evidence. They can actually Mm -hmm. contact these places. And the places have no... No, uh, you have no safeguard against them selling your DNA results to authorities. Yeah, hard pass, man. I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I know that makes me sound like, oh, you're, you're so worried about everything. Like, no, it's just I'm not sending my DNA to a company that just keeps a database of it all and can sell it.
0: What are they going to do? What's the worst thing that can happen?
1: I don't know, Steve. I've watched too many sci-fi movies, maybe. They're going to start cloning your DNA, and the next thing you know, there's an army of clones of you coming to kill you. Or taking over the world. Or taking over the world. But how do you know who's you? Are you you? Am I Uh, me? Yeah, there you go. That's what I mean. Like, everybody's just like, you're you're way too paranoid about stuff like that. Like, sure, maybe, but it's just I'm not going to do it. Someone had, I think dad wanted to do it like as a Christmas present one year. I was like, dad, don't waste your money. And then I told him, he was like, you know, you're crazy, right? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> so cool. I'm, I'm fully aware of that. But
0: He did it, I think. I might have even bought it for him, I
1: think. I don't know, because I did it. Yeah. No, uh, the the results that he got back, when he got back the 1% of, what was it, fin, Finnish or Swedish or something like that? I was like, what's that? And he goes, drunken fishing trip. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> that's about right. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I had that
0: too, though it's it crazy the way it matches up like that. So, all right, you want to go into your uh, your diehard thing, or you want to talk my about my diehard theory, Dale, right. Dale, Dale and Tucker versus
1: evil? Well, we'll get we'll get there. So, my diehard theory is so originally. All right, so you watch a lot of heist movies, Steve. We've watched. I've read a lot of books. I've read a lot of, or I've seen a lot of movies about heists. And in the in the context of heists, like The Ocean's Eleven, there's always an inside man. Correct. There's always somebody that gets you the necessary intelligence that you need in order to pull the heist off perfectly, correct? Yep. All, always. In every case, there's always, and it's usually the big reveal. So we figured it out that the inside man was Ellis. The inside, because the first time you ever see Ellis in, in the context of the movie, he's in Holly's office doing coke. Why would he be in, his, in her office doing coke instead of in his own office doing coke? because he was hacking her computer to get the rest of the information to Hans. That's why he knew Hans's name. That's why he was so cavalier with the way he was talking to Hans. And then Hans realized that he doesn't need this guy anymore. They're already in. They have all the information that they need. So that's why he was so cavalier about killing him, because he knew that was a percentage back to him that they didn't need him anymore. And we developed this whole theory that the reason Ellis needed is because he invested in Betamax, and got addicted to, <laughs> and got addicted to cocaine and that's why he made some bad investments he needed to sell the information he didn't really like Takagi his boss so right. he sold them sold them out to Hans Gruber so that was our theory is that the whole thing is predicated on Ellis is the inside man which is why he has no problems like bumping a line of cocaine and then going to see Hans Gruber and kind of mouthing off and asking for a coke and being real cavalier it wasn't the cocaine that was giving him the confidence he knew because he was, the inside, he was the inside man. Yeah, but he was just an arrogant sales guy. And who said he had, needed to have an office? But he was like the, the second, if you look at the contact, he was the second, the biggest, he was brokering multi-billion dollar deals for this company. You really think he's yeah, not going to have he's an a office? a sales you, guy. He's just you a think, sales guy. You think he's going to be in a cubicle? Could be. You, th- you think Ellis, the guy, the guy that brokers billion dollar deals, is going to be sitting in a cubicle farm?
0: We uh-huh. no. only saw two offices there. We didn't. It was the eighties. Cube farms were all in fashion.
1: No, Dude, look at that office. Look at <laughs> look at look at the way the, that office was set up. You really think right. that Ellis didn't have an office? But I think yeah. he was setting up Holly to be the fall, which is why he was on her computer. He was using it to set her up to be the fall guy for his insider trading slash giving Hans the information. But then there was supposed to be this. Wait, wait. Whole- so
0: wait, wait. Let's go. All right. This is this is interesting. So what year was? The original Die
1: Hard was it eighty eight? Yeah, that sounds right. Eighty eight, eighty six. No, eighty eight sounds right. Uh, eighty
0: eight was a good year. So yeah, eighty eight.
1: Okay. There was a deleted. So what scene the hell that... computer are they using in eighty eight? I don't know. They were using computers because Theo, the guy, the the black dude that hacks the vault, yeah, yeah, is using a computer. Steve, we
0: grew up. But with those computers. are like Wangs. Like those are like <laughs> but those like Wang computers. You know what I mean? Or uh, the Radio Shack that the uh, what the Tandys? Or the I mean, App- this App- was-
1: dude, Apple IIe's were available then.
0: Yeah, but that's not what they used. They didn't use those for well, they didn't use us in that.
1: But I no, I'm just saying in the con- in the, the context of the technology of the time. Steve, we were using Apple IIe's from the time we were what, six? I was I was working on When you were six, I was like thirteen. Yeah. Well yeah. Yes, I understand that you're older than me, Steve, and that's the way time works. Yeah, I got it. But I mean, I remember being in kindergarten, doing more than kindergarten, and then coming with mom to the library and playing Situation Critical or Sticky Bear Bop or Spy Hunter on an Apple II at that point in time in eighty six, eighty five, eighty six. So computer technology was already developing at a. At an aggregate rate, you know what i mean? So like mm-hmm. it didn't it was it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibilities that all this stuff. Well, then there was the theory was is how did John McClane know that Hans was a uh, wasn't who he said he was when he said he was Bill Clay? There's a deleted scene at the beginning when they first get onto the loading dock, they all synchronize their watches and they're all wearing the same watch. That's why John could notice the watch and immediately knew that Hans was one of the terrorists and not one of the other guys. Oh ah, right. So, But deleted, like, the screenwriter even came out, and he was like, yeah, deleting that scene left that whole, that whole dynamic between the two of them and how John figured it out, leaves it up in the air, and no one really knew, and people claimed it was a plot hole. But it's not. There was just a deleted scene that just screwed up the the pacing. So, But they're all wearing, like, Tag Hauer watches or something like that, and that's how he knew. And then everybody's like, well, how does Hans know who Bill Clay is? But if you look, he's reviewing personnel records. When he's sitting at the desk before he goes and meets with Takagi, he's reviewing personnel records. He has all right. of them. He has a bunch of files on his desk, and that's how he knows so much about Takagi, like where he went to college and his kids and his parents' right, names right. and all that stuff. So it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility that he saw one and was like, oh, Bill Clay, what an, what an average name. So then later, when he has to act like an American, he says Bill Clay. But we originally, the, the whole reason we started talking about plot holes was <laughs> Benny created this mythos about War of the Worlds. And if you remember War of the Worlds, they, basically the aliens get colds. If you remember that, Steve, the, at least in the Tom, I think it's in the original too. I'm more thinking about the Tom Cruise one. But at the end, the reason that we beat them is basically the aliens get colds because they they get sickness from us Right. But the the red vines were, the red vines is when they like liquidated humans, they made like this red vine, which is like they're feeding, but they didn't realize how messy and gross humans were. So all you're getting is AIDS and herpes and all of these disgusting, <laughs> Right, Betty referred to it as the AIDS salad. Like, why would you come to a planet if you have a compromised immune system when AIDS and herpes and all of this stuff runs rampant? This is poor, poor planning by the aliens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They 80. went into a disease infested planet and they all got sick.
1: Yep. That's the same. Re- like, why right, would the so, aliens, why would the aliens from signs who their only, their only weakness is water. Why would it come to earth, <laughs> which is like 80% <laughs> water? Like that's right. just,
0: just stupid. All right. So check this out. So, the, <laughs> sorry, there is the, uh, okay. the, uh computer if you're interested, uh, uh, you can go check it out. 1987 is when the IBM won the 386, so basically the PS2 um you know, personal computer came out. So yeah, they were running they were running, you know, Windows 3.1 or something back yep. in 88, 87,
1: so yeah. So there you go. My theory was that Ellis it was is Ellis the man. Man. all about Ellis. He, Benny originally thought it was he'd said Holly. And I was like, "Nah, it doesn't make enough sense. Like she wouldn't be doing that." And and then someone, the internet, said something about Takagi, and I was like, "No, he didn't get any information from Takagi, and he shot Takagi in the face." And there was no familiarity when they were talking to each other. Not like Ellis and Hans. Like, Ellis puts his feet up, asks for a coke. Like you don't do that, even if you're right. coked out of your mind. It's you're still in a terrorist situation. You wouldn't do that unless you had intricate knowledge or inside information that you were protected because you were on the crew. Right. So there you go. It's legit. Make Why, don't sense? You make that?
0: Why don't you make that? Why don't you make a like a, a web series about Ellis? Is
1: what that guy still do? alive? Oh, I don't know. I don't even think he's done anything since then. Or I haven't Well, then you can him. get him real cheap. Probably. We had talked about, like, there's there's a couple podcasts that do... Harry puddle. Ellis? Sure. No, his first name's Ellis, isn't it? No. No, in the, mo- in the movie his name is Harry Ellis, right?
0: Ellis. His name is Harry Ellis in the movie.
1: Oh. I thought his first name was Ellis. Okay, then he's born in Toronto. I don't know what the actor's name is, he's but a- there's the the podcast that do like potholes do like real stories to explain the potholes, and we just we just want to do one that's just ridiculous, like aid salad, and Ellis was the inside man. But then again, it's when you start getting into potholes, you start insulting the screenwriter, and I I don't know that's yeah. a delicate that's a so delicate. He- He's in Too Old to Die Young. I don't know what that okay. is. That's, I assume you did. No, that's uh, Nicholas Winding Riffin. It's his yeah. new series that he did. The guy that did Drive, mm. the Ryan Gosling one, that, yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> that was the victim of probably one of the most misleading ad campaigns ever. Because you see the, the trailer makes it look like it's going to be this Fast and the Furious Car movie basically, Mm -hmm. and there's like I think there's a action sequence in the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) There's one, but he's I like I like him. I like the director that does it. He's done. He did one called Neon Demon. Neon Demon that was really weird. Uh, Too old or too young to die, or too old to die young is his new one. I think Only God Forgives was another one. He's he's a he's a talented director. He just makes some weird stuff that has odd pacing but so yeah this okay you're not going to believe this when i tell you
0: oh I, I hope you're sitting down i am so this guy whose name is hart buckner who played harry <laughs> ellis that's his name who played um who played harry ellis in die hard directed five different movies one of them being pcu no way <laughs>
1: fucking no legit way
0: yes hold on PCU the classic with um, John Favreau and yeah.
1: um, David Spade Jeremy
0: and- Piven and the uh, okay I love IMDB I do too I've learned I something listeners you've learned, learned something today the guy who played Harry the guy who played Ellis in Die Hard the guy blown out by Hans Gruber also d- directed the the college classic PCU
1: Holy crap! And he did high school high. Yes. Oh yeah, that oh, was the other one. Holy crap! Hart Bachner, huh? Wow. God bless IMDb. Which, you one fall down Which one was high school? Oh yeah, the it's one that the, was like the the, the higher da- learning. Spoofed. Yeah, dangerous minds. Higher. Yeah, it was about all the, like the teen comedies and stuff. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, he's got his he, bachelor he wrote. Art. He wrote and directed Just Add Water, and he wrote and directed The Buzz. I don't see. I don't know those ones at all, but. That's okay. pretty funny. Okay. Oh, he was the voice of... He was a voice in... Oh, he does a lot of voice work, too. Yeah. Interesting.
0: He learns something new every day. We should yeah. do a whole whole episode on PCU.
1: Anyways. I love that movie. I really uh, do. That movie, like, that movie stuck with me so much that I refuse to ever wear the T-shirt of the band that I go and see. <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't, we, don't be
0: the guy wearing the shirt of the
1: band he's going to see. Yeah. <laughs> Sanskrit. You six hundred year old dead language. <laughs> yes, F- phys ed, get out, get out of my room you're, right you're now. You're out. Was it was. He's in Latin. Is that close yeah. enough or no? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Latin, best I can do. <laughs> I love that. Shit. I love that movie. And it was direct Oh man, I can't. All right, it's
0: going to take me a while to recover from that knowledge right there. All right, you want to talk about Tucker and Dale versus Evil?
1: Sure. That was right. your first assignment. Like I'm gonna give. So the context of this was I'm gonna give Steve assignments for. I all right. Backtrack a little bit. I adore Halloween. I love the the whole month of October. I love the fall, the changing of the leaves. I prefer my fall wardrobe to my summer wardrobe. Like where we grew up, Steve. Like fall was a big deal because yep. it was the last bastion of. Of life before everything turns gray and frozen (laughs) for about six to seven months. So, and I love horror movies. Like I grew up, you introduced me to horror movies. Like, like I always tell people, the first R-rated movie I ever saw was Evil Dead Two at like eleven years old. And so, like I was always, I had access between you, Jen, and then the Romanskis and the Demaris Mm -hmm. of the street. I had access to a lot of movies that I shouldn't have been watching at that point in time. I had watched. Uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street series at a really, really young age, but it's always Halloween and the, the, the month of October have always meant a lot to me. So usually during the month of October, I watch nothing but horror movies or at least try to watch nothing but horror movies. So I had created a list of movies that I was going to give to you and then make you watch them and then afterwards we talk about it. So the first one was... Tucker Goodale versus Wait, Evil. Now, that-
0: yeah. Before we get into that movie, though, a couple things just to to, to interrupt. So, not only did I let, like, did I turn you on to horror movies? There was a there was a point where where Vince, who my 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 son who's now twenty five, where I don't know, he way too young. I let him watch The Ring because <laughs> <laughs> he was one of those. He was throwing a fit at Blockbuster and was like, yep. "All right, he might have been eleven, maybe 12. Yep. And I was like, oh, it's it's okay. Horror movies are cool. And much like you with Evil Dead 2, it was was like I had nightmares on that movie because it was part of that whole trend where it was like young kids being possessed, like scary movies. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And he didn't sleep well for months after that. So I did that. The other thing – so I share – and our family out here in Seattle shares the love for uh, Fall – uh, it's beautiful out here right now. We love Halloween. We love, um, you know, the 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 cooler but not freezing cold weather. We love the changing of the seasons, the whole nine yards. Um, also love, for me personally, I also grew up loving to scare and torture my younger brother. Yep. Um So and I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but when we were when we were younger, I had a thing where I was like I had a couple of masks that I got at the hills down the street. Yep. um, That were these latex. They're probably cancer causing. I still have one of them left. One of them, the two of them, got moldy. They got they got wet and then they they started growing mildew or whatever, and it got thrown out. I think one mom might have thrown out out of spite because
1: they kept scaring you with them. You used to prop them up next to my bed so the first thing I would see when I would wake up because one of them like the, the even the bloody one I think that was Harry or George whatever we call it the bloody one didn't scare me it was the other one that looked like a witch had sex with Gene Simmons and that had, was like, jo- that was Harry
0: that it was had the longer Harry it did it looked like Gene Simmons and then George is one, the one I still have then I had the devil with the big grin yep I that I got that on clearance. It, like I think that Hills tried to sell that mask. It was like way overpriced for like four years in a row and I'd go look at it. And then finally it was like marked
1: down yep. Um. You know, after Halloween and I, I, I bought love, that. I loved that mask. Yeah, I, I wish it. I still the, had that. It was one of those ones like even at the time when I was a child, my head was too big to actually get into it. Because remember it had the really narrow neck. Because yep. the grin was huge. Like it had this big, yep. ominous, kind of mischievous grin on the face, but it had a really narrow neck. And spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't know us personally, we have gigantic heads. All of everyone, <laughs> everyone That's not a spoiler.
0: Family, that's a fact. It's
1: a fact. Everyone in our family has gigantic square heads. But dad has one. You have one. Jen tries to claim that she doesn't, but her head is enormous for the size. And so if you proportioned her out to be like our height... Her head would probably be just as big, if not bigger than ours. So right. we have to we can't buy hats off racks. We can't go to, you know, lids or something and buy. I remember so, when I I go I went to go get a new Indians hat because I wore it my my last one, I wore it out. And so I just wanted to go get a new one. So I went to Lids and I was trying them on and I was like, All right man, I, I need a favor. And he was like, What? And I was like, Do you have any other sizes in the back? And he was like, Well, what size are you looking for? I was like, seven and seven 8. He goes, What? He goes, no, we don't carry everything like over like seven and three quarters. And I was like, well, I knew seven and seven eighths because I have a gigantic hat. And he was like, you're going to have to order that. I was like, can't yeah, figured as much. So,
0: yeah, that, my, my favorite hat, not to get too far off on a hat tangent. My favorite hat of all time is actually a Chicago White Sox hat because it's a fitted hat that they had on clearance and it was seven and seven eighths, right? <laughs> so, we are a scope shy of being size eight heads. Yep. So... They had it in my fit it's the best hat, and I found another seven and seven, and eight was the old-school uh, Montreal Expos, the red, white yep. and blue. Yep. but it just does not fit on my head. I still have that hat. I still have both of them. but I can't believe you still have those, because we had those when we were kids. No, I got those in college. I got those at uh, the, the store in the Mill Creek Wall that was right next to Record Den. <laughs> um, Record den. What was that? I don't know, whatever store that was that just sold like hats.
1: Yep.
0: It wasn't lids though. it was like like hat world yeah something like that alright alright so love horror love so this whole month of October we are going to be celebrating the 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 horror genre or the you know kind of celebrating the season if you will so yeah so, so, so Chris sends me says, first assignment have you seen Tucker and Dale versus evil I have not um, I watched it Friday night I watched it outside the listeners will know I like to watch stuff outside have a have a bourbon and a cigar watch a movie and what thank God this pick? wasn't a real thank God this wasn't a real horror movie because where I sit outside and watch movies I'm a little exposed to like the woods and and I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast we're actually borrowing our neighbor's goats <laughs>
1: <laughs> so <laughs> he we're he borrowing
0: to, to to chew down our field we have this big field and the goats eat like they just you just let them go and they will it's like a lawnmower we have three of them but one of them has a bell on its neck. Ooh. So I'm sitting outside, it's like 11 o'clock at night, I'm watching, what is a, you know, it's a comedy horror movie, but then all of a sudden I hear this jingling of a bell, like, Aww. off in the distance, and I'm like, what the hell was that? And I was Steve, like, oh, it's a
1: stupid goat. Steve, I know what one you, I'm going to have you watch next, because a goat plays huge into it. Oh, <laughs> dude, got, next, next one you have to watch is called The Witch. It's okay. Robert Edgar's does this period. It's like colonial times and it's all about witchcraft and this family lives. Family lives on like the, the edge of the, the pioneer wilderness and all of this very, very bizarre. It's dude. It's super slow. Like, don't get me wrong. Like it's 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 plotting and it's not for everybody. But there's mm-hmm. a character named Black Adam or Black. The name of the goat, I forget the name of it, Black Black Joseph or something, but yeah. All right, now that I knew that, yeah, watch the witch. All right, so outside watching Tucker and Dale versus Evil,
0: loved it, (laughs) loved it completely. I've never seen it before. It was made uh, in 2010, well, it was actually made in like 2007, according to IMDb, but it was like shelved for three years, so it came out officially in 2010, and I think it was direct. Like it was direct to VHS or direct, direct to, uh it may have went, went right to Netflix, I don't remember because it yeah. well, 2010 was Netflix. Oh, sure. yeah, because Netflix would have been uh, doing the DVDs by mail still right? yeah yeah because it won, if you look at its award nominations, it won
1: for um, standby. Like best midnight screening. Well, I think the only reason it even actually got released is because Zombieland was so popular. Because the guy that wrote and directed Zombieland is the same guy that wrote, wrote and directed Tucker and Dale. Oh, like Craig. I think so. Yeah.
0: We'll find out. So, anyways, but great. And, and watching this movie, right? And we're going to give away a bunch of sports. So if you haven't seen it, please pause the podcast. Stop the podcast
1: and go. <laughs> Do you really? Tucker, Tucker Dale's not one of those movies that's really going to be hindered by spoilers. I know, but it, yeah, just but the 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 way it kind
0: of evolves, it and I was trying to explain this to Maya. Like the the writing in this is genius. Mm-hmm. Like it, take every horror movie cliche, the college kids going up to going up to uh camp in the woods and bumping into some Quote, "Unquote hillbillies at the gas station, and then it's just a series of misunderstandings. And oh my god! And it's Steven I'm watching, not- and there was a couple scenes, and I wish I would I should have been taking notes. Um, <laughs> because there was one scene i laughed like at, I think when the guy went into the wood chipper, the wood chipper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> head first <laughs> into the wood, and he's like, "These kids keep killing themselves." Uh, yeah.
1: Like because the two leads, Tucker and Dale, like Steve the pirate and that Taylor, I think it was labyrinth is his name. Like Levine. the two of them, yeah. whatever, are are so likable and so funny in in those roles. And the the when he's trying to pull the kid out of the wood chipper, and all the blood's just squirting in his face, and he's uh, like, are, "You okay, man? You okay, man?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It- was and
0: and for the, for them to just be able to keep playing off of that and kind of introducing like when he he cuts into the log and the, he hits the beehive and then the mm-hmm. bees is that we've running through the woods with a chainsaw, mm-hmm. chainsaw swinging it through the air at the bees and he gets all bitten up and then that kid that was the first kind of shock moment right because that kid runs full like he impales himself and you're yeah. like oh man that was kind of <laughs> kind of came out of nowhere.
1: Um Oh, Heidi, ho there, officer. We've had a doozy of a day. There we go, <laughs> minding, our own, minding our own business, doing chores around the cabin when these kids just showed up and started killing himself, <laughs> and, then, and then you realize once you say it out loud,
0: the How cop's ridiculous. like, What?
1: Yeah. So funny. <laughs> like, that's the two of them together. Like, they had talked about making uh, a sequel to it just because the, the Steve the Pirate and Taylor Lab, and it, like, they loved making that movie. Like, it was just so fun. Like, when I try to explain it to people, I was like, think of, like, the movie Cabin in the Woods and make it more comedy than horror. Like, Cabin in the Woods does an excellent job of skewering all of the horror movie cliches as well. And there are Mm -hmm. some comedic elements to that, but it's more of a straight-up horror movie where... Tucker and Dale versus Evil is just a straight, just a straight comedy that has horrific elements to it. It but. has a
0: horrific gore that is completely uh, the whole thing. Like the, the whole concept of like they're out fishing, mm-hmm. and the girl falls and hits her head, and they so see her, you know, putting her in the boat. Um, <laughs> Take him to the cabin. He comes in. She starts screaming. He's like, what, you don't like pancakes? He Mm -hmm. goes back out
1: and makes her eggs and bacon instead. It's hilarious. They don't like my face. They don't like my face. They kill themselves because they hate my face. (laughs) They hate my face. Calm down, Tucker.
0: (laughs) The the whole thing. And then every, like, and they would just, we just like, okay, this is going to be okay. And then, like, taking the weed whacker to the girl's face and (laughs) the, uh, uh, what was the other one? Oh, even at the end where they sewed the fingers back on, and they sewed the girl's finger on instead, <laughs> instead of his. So he's got one with a painted nail. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a, that was a great that was a great call. I can't believe I hadn't seen that. And a lot uh, of
1: people haven't, Steve. That's one of those ones that like I, I was like, have you ever seen Tiger Dale versus Evil? They're like, I've never even heard about that. And I was like, all right, just watch the trailer. And if the trailer doesn't at least intrigue you, then don't watch it. But once you watch it, and if you if you do like. Alan Tiddock and the Taylor the Tyler LeBin or whatever his name is. Like they're just really, really good together. So yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Aaron hated it. Aaron thought it was like the dumbest movie she had ever seen. Oh, she really? Only, she only laughed a couple times, but I try like Aaron's one of those ones like I try to get her to watch as many as many of these weird esoteric movies that I watch and she doesn't like ninety percent of them, so but this,
0: liked- this one I thought was just because the the concept was, you've never seen it before, you're like, you're seeing all the cliches, but you're seeing it like, the hillbillies are misunderstood, they're really nice Mm -hmm. guys, the college kids are kind of arrogant, and and the one college kid is the, you know, is is the quote unquote bad guy. Yeah. Um, and it just There's, breaks down all those, and then just the, the kids like just accidentally dying. Like dude, they just keep
1: killing themselves. Yeah, <laughs> like they, just doing chores these, around the house, and these kids just, just show up. It's a suicide <laughs> pact. That's what it is. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hey, you gotta take the safety off. Mm. <laughs> and then the kid shoots himself in the face, right in the face. Like, and it's
0: it, it's horrific gore. Like you know, what I mean, like there horrific. was. Well, I should say, I should say horrific, but there was like. <laughs>
1: It's shockingly gory. It's when yeah, you You're like watch, oh. You start watching it, you're like, all right, this is going to be kind of a mild, a mild comedy, and then the kid falls in a wood chipper.
0: <laughs> right, head first. Then they they take him out and they're dragging the torso, and that's when the cop shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that uh, was it. Got, that was that a was a good in, call.
1: Girl inside, she's tied up. <laughs> the the, <laughs> the <laughs> <attendant> just starts <laughs> laughing. He's like, oh, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, stop talking. <laughs> But if you like Steve, if you like those kind of like, watch what we do in shadows, and then there's another one called the Final Girls, which is it's the Final Girls is like a setup of like all like the camp slasher movies. So yeah, and then the what we do. But in is shadows. it funny like this yeah. was? Oh yeah, not it's not it's not as funny, but it has it's pretty funny. Like this Tucker Dale versus Evil is more of a straight up comedy. Like even in. I would say it's probably on par with more comedy than Shaun of the Dead, where, like, Zombieland has comedic elements to it. Evil Dead 2 has comedic elements in it, but I wouldn't consider them straight comedies. But Final Girls... No, 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 no. You're right, you're right. Yep. Final Girls is a little bit more... I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember laughing when I watch it. But what we do in Shadows is... It's the the guy from... It's Taika Waititi, the guy that did Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, yeah. Does like a, a mockumentary about these century-old vampires living in modern New York. So good. Was, what, <laughs>
0: what we do in shadows. What was the other one?
1: Uh, the Final Girls. If you, can't, if you can't hear, I'm typing. Yeah, <laughs> you can't hear the clackety clack clack. It's not a typewriter though. It's a, yeah. it a Logitech keyboard. Um, but yeah, I recommend those too. Or Bubba Ho Tep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It had, like, this, yeah, could you, yeah it, but it, to me this had, like, a couple of those, like, they were so off the wall. It reminded me a little bit just in the, like, the um, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. Where they just did, like, these horrible death scenes. Like, when the, <laughs> when the block of ice gets dropped on the guy, it smashes mm-hmm. his head. Like, it's just so unexpected. It kind of makes you chuckle. It's so, it's so gory. But then, yeah, it's that was a good that was a good recommendation it's got like seven and a half stars on IMDB it's like 83% Rotten Tomatoes like
1: it's a, it's a good movie yeah that's, that's what I mean dude like it's just like not all the ones I'm gonna recommend that I tell you to watch are going to be of that quality just an okay. FYI like what we do in Shadows is really good it's really really good Final Girls is pretty good but like some of the other ones that I'm gonna get you to watch aren't these are not going all are going to be comedies. They're not going to be laugh riots. Like the witch is grueling to watch. It's it actually helps to watch it in subtitles, even though it's in English. Okay. Because they use period authentic colonial language. All right. So it's it's somewhat hard to follow and it is super messed up. Like I'm warning you now that there's some pretty pretty horrible things that happen in that mm-hmm. movie but so especially if you, has, have a, if you have a goat if you have a goat walking around outside right uh, now. Like, is it going to ruin know. goats for me? Yeah probably So it, can I watch it on the plane? Yeah.
0: I mean yeah, it, you know my thing about
1: one scene in it that's has to do with eating a dead baby Oh <laughs> uh oh, oh. <laughs> but that's only one part oh my God. of it <laughs> right. that happens but yeah the family yeah. in 1930s new england is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft black magic and possession there you go yeah super messed up he's i don't know if you saw the trailer there's a new movie coming out with willem dafoe and robert pattinson called the lighthouse that's mm-hmm. all shot in black and white it's the same it's the same director We always refer to it as the Vich because the, like the poster and stuff, they use the old school like almost typewriter font, and there was no W. There, you just had to put two V's together, so it actually Uh, looks like it says V V I T C H. So we were calling it the (laughs) the Vich. Oh, you know what?
0: I didn't look in the typewriter to see if there was a, a W or not. Have to look that. I'll post a picture. On Twitter, I'm also going to post a picture because I have a picture of me in a, I think a yellow sweatshirt with the red devil mask on. It's the only known picture of the red devil mask.
1: Of the devil mask. I forget what Um, you called that one, too. Uh, Did you pick what you're wearing for Halloween yet? I picked mine, Steve, and it's going to be awesome. I'm going as Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. That's right on. Well, I'm going to spike my hair up. I have, Aaron had made me a giant overstitched Hobbes. like Like, so now it's like the same size as like Hobbs was to Calvin. It it's the same in proportion to a adult human. So I'm going to stuff him in a backpack. So he's like looking over my shoulder and I got the red and black striped shirt and I have black shorts and we nice. ordered, we ordered those uh, slippers that look like cartoon sneakers. You know what I mean? Like they look like giant sneakers. Well, Aaron got a pair too. Cause she's going to be Susie Durkins. She got, purple overall or pink overall nice and that's a good couple costume a a brown a brown a brown bob wig and then like a pink shirt to go underneath it and like i it's to the point like if people don't get who i am i don't care right (laughs) like the person that does like when i walk in and go like oh dude you're calvin and Hobbes." i'll be friends with those people so so it is interesting
0: times because you know with my and charlie my, my is 15 today charlie's 13 um, we, we don't live in an area where we can easily go. We're out in the country now. You can't house, easily go trick or treating. So, um, Charlie's going to go with his friend, trick or treating. Maya's going with her friends and Maya's at the cusp too, right? She's a sophomore in high school. Yep. Um, we go trick or treating and Jeannie and I are like, well, we can't hand out candy. We live in the country. I like, we don't know what we're going to do. So we might, and I, my, my tradition is typically sit around, hand out candy and watch young Frankenstein or private eyes.
1: Um, so that might be what we do. Yeah, they they don't do... We do, in our neighborhood, they do what's... I live in, like, a uh, sub-development, so, like, people... Up in your do, house, yeah. Yeah, they, they go... Well, yeah, but the listeners <laughs> haven't... Dingleberry, yeah. they they go all out. Like, there's a guy that actually hooks a trailer up to his four-wheeler and, like, decorates it and takes the kids around so they oh, don't nice. have to, like, walk everywhere and stuff, so... But then they also do what's called trunk-or-treat at the the local... Yeah. You can just pull your car and open it up, and it's a little bit more controlled. But, like, people yeah. come in... To our Specifically to our neighborhood Like the parking gets ridiculous on our street Because people know that our neighborhood One it's there's It's not a through street Like you can only get in and out of my neighborhood the same way Like right. there's no yep. So people come in and they know that we go gung ho And always give like top notch So people come in and like we go from Whenever it starts For like three hours It's just constant We went through 12 bags of candy last year Holy crap Like, I sat out front in costume, just said, like, I think I have a Tigger costume that I bought at, like, a garage sale for, like, 10 bucks. But I put Mm -hmm. a T-shirt on over top of it, and I I wrote Hobbs on it in big letters. And I just sat out front and drank bourbon with Aaron's dad and handed out candy. But this year, I'm going as Calvin. I'll send pictures. You can post it up on the Twitter feed. So, my I think Maya's going as a
0: plague doctor. Um she, we went to goodwill yesterday she found a she found a. she's been looking for a trench coat she does a lot of cosplay stuff right yep. we got you know we go to the, the different comic Con conventions she's all dressed up at trolls and makeup and the whole nine yards she's really into it so
1: that's
0: cool um she found a leather trench coat she really liked She was actually wearing it today walking around the house <laughs> in a leather trench coat just because she likes it the duster
1: so, i'd like I have, I have a trench coat i used to love wearing it until columbine happened and then everybody looked at you weird Probably yeah, I mean, you can't – they're not
0: allowed to wear long trench coats of school. I'm sure. Yeah, um, it's a different And then Charlie's time. going as a uh, character from Apex, the video game that everybody plays. Yeah, Apex
1: Legends. Yep. Hmm. And then uh, what about the, – Did I tell you what we went as last year, Steve? I think so. What we went as The Incredibles. I, I grew up I, – I went as Grown Up Dash. So, because I kind of oh, look right. like Dash yeah, yeah. with like spiky hair, so we went and just got pajamas, like the Incredibles pajamas, and like we just went and I told everybody that I was, I was Dash, but I was grown up version of Dash, and yep. I lost I lost my superpowers when I hit puberty, so I was like super <laughs> bitter about it. <laughs> and then Aaron, like she was just my wife. She wasn't an Incredible. She doesn't have any superpowers. She goes, yeah, I'm just his wife. And then two people showed up like dressed as Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, like as Mr Incredible and Elastic Girl, like full on like bought the really expensive yeah, costumes yeah, yeah. and stuff. And so and every you're like, time, Mom, Dad. No, every time I was like, You just don't get me, Dad, and I would walk away real fast and like Stop looking at me, Dad. You're That's not Stop funny. judging me. So yeah, they do it. There's a big neighborhood uh Halloween party that they do every year, like bands and karaoke and yeah. It's fun. I nice. love Halloween. I like I like Halloween more than I like Christmas. Yeah, we're in that category
0: too. We like yeah. them both, but you know, and the it's perfect just... bringing together of that is Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Do you it remember was... when I built the uh, um, the Jack Skellington? I do. I do. Out of out of PVC pipe and cloth and everything. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a. The things you do for your kids. I still have the head of that. I got rid of the rest of it because it it, I couldn't get them to stay together, even though I glued it and everything. Because yeah. it was because of the wind. It, out here would have been much better, but I still have the the head that was carved out of one of those big styrofoam balls to make the
1: Jack Skellington head. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I love, I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Is that too? Is Brody too young for that? He's four. He's gonna be five. Is that too? Is that too scary for him? <sighs> I don't know. You've let him watch some of the Avengers movies. Like that type of – He's watched like all of the (laughs) – Like
0: Yeah, if if you can deal with that. I mean, you know, for me it was like the kids were like super into Nightmare Before Christmas and then I was like, oh, Coraline's kind of the same thing. And they're
1: like, (laughs) oh! The dead eyes. The dead button eyes. that Dude, like that even bothered me. Like I was a full-grown adult like in my 30s when I saw it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. the dead eyes always creeps me out. Neil Gaiman, man. That guy's good.
0: Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, you know, give him another year, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Fair enough. The uh, last thing, uh, I just because you mentioned Zombie Land, isn't Zombie Land two coming out?
1: Yep, Double Tap. It's Have you seen the, it? What do no. you think? What's your? I the trailer looks good. I really like the first one. I like the the idea of the rules makes a lot of sense. Like I like movies that take the established tropes and at least give you reasons or or make fun of them to a certain extent like the idea like all of those rules make a lot of sense like we had always yeah. talked about it's basically right. the the movie version of the zombie survival guide by max brooks yeah like that's basically what it turned into like you couldn't really do a movie version of the zombie survival guide unless it was like zombie land yep so but yeah the second one's coming out i mean woody harrelson i'll watch anything with him in it especially when it looks like he's having that much fun like, I really like Woody Harrelson, but yeah. like, when he yeah, just yeah. kind of buys into the ham factor of it, like, I I love it. Yep. So, I'll watch it. I probably will go see it in theater. I don't see anything in a the theater anymore. Like, because I have a kid and mm-hmm. I work a lot and I really don't like the theaters out on my house, I just... I have a big TV and a nice surround sound system, so right. I'd rather watch it at home. I, the last movie I saw in the theaters was Endgame. That was, what, April? <laughs> Whenever that came out, I haven't seen anything in the theater since then. I want to go see Joker, but or Emo Joker or Incel Joker or whatever you want to refer to it as. But I want to go see it, but I don't have time. Like last night, I decided I want to drink half a bottle of bourbon and fall asleep at nine. So there you yeah, go. It was out. I was out. So
0: cool. Well, I think that'll put a bow on uh, season seven, episode eight of Match Wit. You got anything else?
1: Nope. That was it.
0: All right. Well, you can follow us on Twitter. uh, At Matchwits uh, is our handle, uh, W-I-T-T-S. Go to our website, matchwits.com. Go to your favorite podcast app. Give us some sort of cool rating or review. Say something funny. Um, Twitter. uh, Or, sorry, uh, the the iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, and uh, what was the other one? Himalaya app. So we're all available there. Tell your friends and uh, next week we'll go, we'll get into uh I, I guess I'm going to watch the witch or I'm going to try to watch it and see if I turn it off or not
1: um, you got to do it so. outside man if that's if you're really talking uh, about goats and stuff, uh, like
0: that might be an inside thing coward I don't know. Well, we'll coward. See.
1: coward all right take us out brother I bid you a you out see ya. <laughs>